Chapter 46 of Struggles and Triumphs or Forty Years' Recollections of P.T. Barnum. Written by himself. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nancy Cochran Gergen, Gilbert, Arizona. Struggles and Triumphs of P.T. Barnum. Chapter 46 Seaside Park. From the time when I first settled in Bridgeport and turned my attention to opening and beautifying new avenues and doing whatever lay in my power to extend and improve that charming city, I was exceedingly anxious that public parks should be established, especially one where good driveways and an opportunity for the display of the many fine equipages for which Bridgeport is celebrated could be afforded. Mr. Noble and I began the movement by presenting to the city the beautiful ground in East Bridgeport, now known as Washington Park, a most attractive promenade and breathing place, and a continual resort for citizens on both sides of the river, particularly in the summer evenings, when one of the city bands is an additional attraction to the pleasant spot. Thus our new city was far in advance of Bridgeport proper in providing a prime necessity for the health and amusement of the people our park projects in the city date as far back as the year eighteen fifty at that time by an arrangement with deacon david sherwood who lived in fairfield a few rods west of the bridgeport line and who owned land adjoining mine we agreed to throw open a large plot of ground free to the public provided state street in bridgeport was continued west so as to pass through this land but a few old fogies through whose land the street would pass thereby improving their property thousands of dollars in value stupidly opposed the project in the fairfield town meeting and the measure was defeated seventeen years afterward in eighteen sixty seven after a long sleep these same old fogies managed to awake as did the citizens of fairfield generally and then state street was extended without opposition but property to some extent, had changed hands and had largely increased in value, so that the chance of having a free park in that locality was forever lost, and the town was actually obliged to pay Deacon Sherwood for the privilege of continuing the highway through his land. How many similar opportunities for benefiting the public and posterity in all coming time are carelessly thrown away in every town, through the mere stupidity of mole-eyed landowners who stand as stumbling blocks not only in the way of public improvements but directly in opposition to their individual interests and thus for scores of years rob the community of the pleasures to be derived from broad avenues lined with shade trees and from open and free public grounds up to the year eighteen sixty five the shore of bridgeport west of the public wharves and washed by the waters of long island sound was inaccessible to carriages or even to horsemen and almost impossible for pedestrianism the shore edge in fact was strewn with rocks and boulders which made it like jordan in the song an exceedingly hard road to travel a narrow lane reaching down to the shore enabled parties to drive near to the water for the purpose of clamming and occasionally bathing but it was all claimed as private property by the land proprietors whose farms extended down to the water's edge on several occasions at low tide 
i endeavored to ride along the shore on horseback for the purpose of examining the lay of the land in the hope of finding it feasible to get a public drive along the water's edge on one occasion in eighteen sixty three i succeeded in getting my horse around from the foot of broad street in bridgeport to a lane over the fairfield line a few rods west of iranistan avenue a grand street which i have since opened at my own expense and through my own land from the observations i made that day i was satisfied that a most lovely park and public drive might be and ought to be opened along the whole waterfront as far as the western boundary line of bridgeport and even extending over the fairfield line foreseeing that in a few years such an improvement would be too late and having in mind the failure of the attempt in eighteen fifty to provide a park for the people of bridgeport i immediately began to agitate the subject in the bridgeport papers and also in daily conversations with such of my fellow citizens as i thought would take an earnest and immediate interest in the enterprise i urged that such an improvement would increase the taxable value of property in that vicinity many thousands of dollars and thus enrich the city treasury that it would improve the value of real estate generally in the city that it would be an additional attraction to strangers who came to spend the summer with us and to those who might be induced from other considerations to make the city their permanent residence that the improvement would throw into market some of the most beautiful building sites that could be found anywhere in connecticut and i dwelt upon the absurdity almost criminality that a beautiful city like bridgeport lying on the shore of a broad expanse of salt water should so cage itself in that not an inhabitant could approach the beach with these and like arguments and entreaties i plied the people day in and day out till some of them began to be familiarized with the idea that a public park close upon the shore of the sound was at least a possible if not probable thing but certain conservatives as they are called said barnum is a harebrained fellow who thinks he can open and people a new york broadway through a connecticut wilderness and the old fogies added yes he is trying to start another chestnut wood fire for the city to blow forever but the city or town of bridgeport will not pay out money to lay out or to purchase public parks if people want to see green grass and trees they have only to walk or drive half a mile either way from the city limits and they will come to farms where they can see either or both for nothing and if they are anxious to see salt water and to get a breath of the sound breeze they can take boats at the wharves or sail or row till they are entirely satisfied thus talk the conservatives and the old fogies who unhappily even if they are in a minority are always a force in all communities i soon saw that it was of no use to expect to get the city to pay for a park the next thing was to see if the land could not be procured free of charge or at a nominal cost provided the city would improve and maintain it as a public park i approached the farmers who owned the land lying immediately upon the shore and tried to convince them that if they would give the city free a deep slip next to the water to be used as a public park it would increase in value the rest of their land so much as to make it a profitable operation for them but it was like beating against the wind they were not so stupid as to think that they could become gainers by giving away their property 
such trials of patience as i underwent in a twelvemonth in the endeavor to carry this point few persons who have not undertaken like almost hopeless labor can comprehend at last i enlisted the attention of messrs nathaniel wheeler james loomis francis ives frederick wood and a few more gentlemen and persuaded them to walk with me over the ground which to me seemed in every way practicable for a park these gentlemen who were men of taste as well as of enterprise and public spirit very soon coincided in my ideas as to the feasibility of the plan and the advantages of the site and some of them went with me to talk with the landowners adding their own pleas to the arguments i had already advanced at last after much pressing and persuading we got the terms upon which the proprietors would give a portion and sell another portion of their land which fronted on the water provided the land thus disposed of should forever be appropriated to the purposes of a public park but unfortunately a part of the land it was desirable to include was a small mallet farm of some thirty acres then belonging to an unsettled estate and neither the administrator nor the heirs could or would give away a rod of it but the whole farm was for sale and to overcome the difficulty in the way of its transfer for the public benefit i bought it for about twelve thousand dollars and then presented the required front to the park i did not want this land or any portion of it for my own purposes or profit and i offered a thousand dollars to anyone who would take my place in the transaction but no one accepted and i was quite willing to contribute so much of the land as was needed for so noble an object indeed besides this i gave fourteen hundred dollars towards purchasing other land and improving the park and after months of persistent and personal effort i succeeded in raising by private subscription the sum necessary to secure the land needed this was duly paid for deeded to and accepted by the city and i had the pleasure of naming this new and great public improvement seaside park public journals are generally exponents of public opinion and how the people viewed the new purchase now their own property may be judged by the following extracts from the leading local newspapers when the land for the new enterprise was finally secured our seaside park from the bridgeport standard august twenty one eighteen sixty five bridgeport has taken another broad stride of which she may well be proud the seaside park is a fixed fact. Yesterday, Messrs. P. T. Barnum, Captain John Brooks, Mr. George Bailey, Captain Burr Knapp, and Henry Wheeler generously donated to this city sufficient land for the park, with the exception of seven or eight acres, which have been purchased by private subscriptions. Last night, the Common Council appointed excellent park commissioners and work on the seawall and the avenues surrounding the park will be commenced at once besides securing the most lovely location for a park to be found between new york and boston which for all time will be a source of pride to our city and state there is no estimating the pecuniary advantage which this great improvement will eventually prove to our citizens plans are afoot and enterprises are agitated in regard to a park hotel seaside cottages horse railroad branch and other features which when consummated 
will serve to amaze our citizens to think that such a delightful seaside frontage has been permitted to lie so long unimproved to mr p t barnum we believe is awarded the credit of originating this beautiful improvement and certainly to his untiring constant and persevering personal efforts are we indebted for its being finally consummated hon james c loomis was the first man who heartily joined with barnum in pressing the plan of a seaside park upon the attention of our citizens but it is due to our citizens themselves to say that with an extraordinary unanimity they have not only voted to appropriate ten thousand dollars from the city treasury to making the avenues around the park and otherwise improving it but they have also generously aided by private contributions in purchasing such land as was not freely given for the park of course we shall not only at an early day publish the names of such citizens as have subscribed money for this purpose but they will also be handed down to posterity as they will richly deserve in the publications of the park commissioners from the bridgeport standard august twenty one eighteen sixty five the names of p t barnum captain john brooks mr george bailey captain burr knapp and henry wheeler have gone into history as the generous contributors to the best enterprise ever attempted for the benefit of our city and the city has accepted the trust with the most commendable promptness and appointed its commissioners who have already entered upon their duties we shall watch now with eager interest the unfolding and development of such a park as can nowhere be found on either side of the sound and one which shall be a thing of beauty and a joy forever to our city it needs but for the hand of a skilful art assisted by a proper public spirit to render the seaside park a charmed spot of delightful resort for public drives or private walks the commissioners chosen to superintend the inauguration of the laying out and improvements of the grounds are men of correct taste of good judgment and of liberal and comprehensive views as to the wants and demands of a growing city like bridgeport they understand that nature is here to be made so attractive by art that all classes shall be drawn hither not merely for the pleasure of enjoying a favorite resort but also for the profit which comes to the nobler impulses of our nature by the contemplation of cunning handicraft upon the landscape as god left it for man to adorn and beautify here will be planted trees of every variety that will endure the temperature of this latitude and flowers of every hue and perfume here will walks serpentine through shady groves and anon lead out to behold the broad expanse of the beautiful sound some one has aptly said that one work of art was worth a thousand lectures on art here then let the statues of the artist be placed to educate the masses by their silent teachings and win them to higher ideas and better views of life by their mute eloquence one feature of american parks is especially worthy of mention they are essentially and emphatically democratic they are made for the people and are in turn appreciated by the people they are open alike to the millionaire with his coach and six and the poor pedestrian without a penny the advantages possessed by bridgeport as a manufacturing city are becoming daily more and more appreciated by businessmen from various portions of the country
there is no city in the state which can compare with ours in the recent erection of large and permanent manufacturing establishments this fact brings into our midst a large industrial population for which even now the supply of dwellings is inadequate to the demand this population commingling and combining with our own and possessing energy enterprise business tact and intelligence will rapidly develop the resources of our city and its surroundings for mechanical pursuits and the productions of the various manufacturing establishments already erected or in the process of erection to such a class the benefits of a park possessing such facilities for recreation and improvement as the seaside park will present will be incalculable in fostering the health promoting the happiness and elevating the taste of all who can avail themselves of its beneficial influences to the public-spirited gentlemen who have so generously donated to the city the land for the seaside park bridgeport owes a debt of gratitude which she can never repay their names will descend to posterity and be remembered with pride and exultation as among the noblest of public benefactors so long as the flowers bloom and the waves wash the margin of the seaside park no citizen of bridgeport identified with her growth and prosperity and having the future welfare of the city at heart should fail to contribute in such a manner as best he may to such a grand improvement let our citizens take hold of this noble enterprise with that large and liberal spirit in which it has been conceived and thus far consummated and bridgeport will ere long possess an attraction which will draw hither for permanent residence much of the wealth and intelligence refinement and virtue of the great metropolis which now sequesters itself along the banks of the hudson or among the sand knolls of new jersey thus was my long-cherished plan at length fulfilled nor did my efforts in here for i aided and advised in all important matters in the laying out and progress of the new park and in july eighteen sixty nine i gave to the city several acres of land worth at the lowest valuation five thousand dollars which were added to and included in this public pleasure ground and now make the west end of the park at the beginning the park on paper and the park in reality were two quite different things the inaccessibility of the site was remedied by approaches which permitted the hundreds of workmen to begin to grade the grounds and to lay out the walks and drives the rocks and boulders over which i had more than once attempted to make my way on foot and on horseback were devoted to the building of a substantial sea-wall under the able superintendence of mr david w sherwood paths were opened shade trees were planted and fortunately there was in a very centre of the ground a beautiful grove of full growth which is one of the most attractive features of this now charming spot and a broad and magnificent drive follows the curves of the shore and encircles the entire park all the work is constantly going on and much remains to be done yet a considerable portion of the park presents a finished appearance a large covered music stand has been built and on a rising piece of the ground a substantial foundation has been built for a soldier's monument the cornerstone of this monument was laid with impressive ceremonies 
and a military display in the presence of a large concourse of citizens and soldiers among whom were major general alfred h terry u s a major general and governor joseph h hawley adjutant general charles t stanton quartermaster general julius s gilman surgeon general philo g rockwell paymaster general william b wooster aide-de-camp and colonel john h burnham alfred p rockwell william h mallory charles m coit general s w kellogg of the first brigade colonel s e merwin jr colonel crawford and other officers of the governor's staff and of the connecticut state militia the branch horse railroad already reaches one of the main entrances and brings down crowds of people every day and evening and especially on the evenings in which the band plays at such times the avenues are not only thronged with superb equipages and crowds of people but the whole harbor is alive with rowboats sailboats and yachts the views on all sides are charming in the rear is the city with its roofs and spires black rock and stratford lights are in plain sight to the eastward and southward stretches old long island sea-girt shore and between lies the broad expanse of the salt water with its ever fresh breezes and the perpetual panorama of sails and steamers i do not believe that a million dollars to-day would compensate the city of bridgeport for the loss of what is confessed to be the most delightful public pleasure ground between new york and boston for these magnificent results accomplished in so short a time the people of bridgeport are indebted to the park commissioners and especially to mr nathaniel wheeler whose untiring energy and exquisite taste have been mainly instrumental in bringing this work forward to its present state of completion there is easy and cheap access to this ground by means of the horse railroad from east bridgeport and fairfield and numerous avenues open directly upon the park from bridgeport it is the daily resort of thousands who go to inhale the salt sea air and the main drive is already on a lesser scale to the citizens of bridgeport what the grand avenue in central park is to the people of new york with this priceless advantage however in favor of seaside park of a frontage on the sound and a shore on which the waves are ever breaking and sounding the grand unending story of the mysteries of the great deep on the western and northern margins of this public ground in sight of the sound and in full view of every part of the park will hereafter be built the villas and mansions of the wealthiest citizens and when the hand that now pens these lines is stilled forever and thousands look from these seaside residences across the water to long island shore and over the groves and lawns and walks and drives of the beautiful ground at their feet it may be a source of gratification and pride to my posterity to hear the expressions of gratitude that possibly will be expressed to the memory of their ancestor who secured to all future generations the benefits and blessings of seaside park end of chapter forty six recording by nancy cochran gergen gilbert arizona